Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for October 10th, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, our own Joe Paisley. Behind the Mask's College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Dine in, take out, or catering your next event? We are at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, now at Allegiant Stadium as well. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. By Boost Mobile. With Boost Mobile, you always get plans and phones that fit your needs. And by Burrito Express. The East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito, Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios is presented by Behind the Mask and is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, college hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, as it may be. This is indeed College Hockey Southwest Live Presented by our friends from Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy joining you today from about 8,570 feet above sea level at the beautiful Isle Hotel Resort in uh, Black Hawk, Colorado. What a sight. The, uh, the people at Caesars have outdone themselves, and we certainly appreciate it. I certainly appreciate it. And uh, my co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein. Paul, where are you tonight? Way below sea level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay. All them beautiful in the Long Island, New York. No, in the basement on, uh, of that palatial estate where the, the, the servants estate. are probably getting some work done, and, well, and you're just know. sitting back. Yeah, servants. Yeah, okay. You know, listen. I understand. <laughs> you know, you some do. of us have. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Some of us okay. are world travelers and and, okay. and go on. You know, tra- world tours. You know, get to be the object of where in the world is. Carmen Scott, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Carmen Sandy uh, Scott, I don't know. And some of us are stuck, you know, in a windowless, <laughs> um, you know, two by four box. I don't know. Um, you know, okay, where I, the I sun even, doesn't shine, and you I, know, it's service. I can't even. I can't even argue about. with you tonight because this has been such a glorious week. It'll be one week tomorrow since I left uh, beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona to uh, venture to Colorado, not knowing for sure what I was going to get into, and absolutely perfect. Everybody has been so wonderful, so nice. Everywhere that I've been, they've been so gracious. Uh, today was no uh, no different. I went up to uh, uh, Loveland, Colorado, to uh, the beautiful Budweiser Event Center, watched uh, the final preseason game for the Colorado Eagles and uh, – the San Jose Barracuda. Once again. Eagles, Eagles come out with a 4-1 win. Right. And I had a chance to visit with uh, a really good hockey player that played in the 
Quebec Major Junior League had scored two goals, was the uh, number one star, and said this is his only two games he's ever played in Colorado. <laughs> well, listen, you know, this is what happens when you are the celebrity. You get the treatment, <laughs> you know, and the rest of us schlubs, you know, uh, you know, we, 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 I mean, basically, you know, if you came here and saw this, you would think that I lived in the servants' quarters. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, this is officially the first weekend of regular season play in NCAA hockey. Was um, last week didn't count? Uh, well, okay, it counted, but um, oh, this is the second week then. But there were so many other games that uh, right that, that were just exhibitions. You know what I'm talking about. Therefore, uh, Arizona State played actual games, um, right. but everybody so else others. pretty much. Yeah, a few others. Um, but this was really okay, the big kickoff weekend. I, under, I get it. I know what you're saying. This is the big kickoff weekend. We had all four of our teams uh, participating. Um, I was fortunate enough to be at the uh, Denver-Arizona State Series. Uh, our guest tonight, Joe Paisley, was down at Colorado College as they opened up that beautiful facility. And, Paul, you uh, you had an eye on all three, including a huge win to start the season for Frank Saratori and the Air Force Falcons. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you uh, – Friday was a, a huge day of upsets. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, as we talked to Frank last week, uh, they, that, that ex- exhibition and that's – when we break out the air quotes, okay, <laughs> right um, against Colorado College, definitely uh, helped them go on the road this week uh, and get a split at air at Michigan State. Um, they were very much the dominant team, uh, just based on the information I could gather uh, on 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 Friday night, um, especially. Uh, in the third period and overtime, out shooting Michigan State sixteen to eight, and you know getting a power play goal and 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 and, and getting the lead and, and trying to hold on to it and uh, pretty much dominating uh, the the couple of minutes of overtime and you know a, a, a big big win to start the season. The official, you know. Start, you know, where the, where the records count, at least, you know, on the For scoreboard. <laughs> right. You know. Um, but what did Frank tell us about last weekend at uh, at Robeson Arena, though? Well, I know he's counting it as, a, as the first <laughs> win of the season. I get that. First one in the building, he said. He you said know. it's always going to be the first, and he's going to take it to his grave. Of course he him. is. Yeah, of course. <laughs> as, as you should. Well, as only Frank could. Um, yeah. I'm no one's going to stop him either, by him. the way. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, nope. We just okay. uh, let the train roll on through whenever it wants to roll. Um, you know, and then, and then on Saturday night, you know, they did what Air Force can't do, and that's spend a lot of time in the box. Oof, nobody you can, know? Paul. Nobody well, can. Well, if you, and especially if you're a team, okay. Let, let me correct that. Denver, Denver spent a lot of time and still got the win. Okay, yeah, well, go ahead. we'll get to that in a minute. I assume. Um, but Michigan State getting three power play goals uh, and four on four goals on on Saturday night. That's not how Air Force wants to play five on five. They 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 can't be messing around. Yeah. Yep. With with having a lot of time in the box, even though uh, Alex Schilling had a really good weekend 
Okay. Uh, did you see uh, Frank's comments about Saturday night where he said, hey, we just wanted to keep it close and see if uh, our goaltender could win us a game for us? <laughs> well, what a goaltending comment. Uh, Frank, Frank being the goaltender he is and the goaltending coach. Uh, yeah, we'll just hang around and see if our goaltender can win one for us. <laughs> well, they actually were the better team on Friday. Yeah, and his comments then were that uh, Michigan State maybe overlooked them, and uh, they caught him by surprise. So who knows? Well, okay. uh, anyway, a split on the road is always good in yeah. NCAA hockey. Um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave Colorado College for when we bring Joe on here in about oh, I don't know seven minutes or so. But okay. um, let, let's talk uh, what happened at uh, Magnus Arena. I I was there. Uh, I was as you know earlier in the week uh, at Denver practices. I watched two of them. Um, I made the comment to you that I've seen three different NCAA coaches now this year coach their teams, and all three couldn't have been more different. And I'm not saying one is right or wrong. I'm just saying that all three were so different. Um, right. Coach Powers has his method. Uh, David Carl definitely has his method. And Chris Mayotte definitely has his method. And I'm certain that Frank has a, a, a method of his own as well. But uh, it's really uh, – I don't know what the right word is. It's really something to see these guys be able to um, adjust to the talent they have and the, and the guys they have on the roster and, and coach them that way. Um, well, listen, you know, when you're recruiting, you're recruiting to the style that you want, right? I mean, as, as was famously yeah, said, I'm yep, not looking absolutely. for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. Like that. Yep. Absolutely. is true. And, okay. uh, so, so Denver, uh, as we've been talking about for a long time, came out with a definite chip on their shoulder. Right. Um, they, By the way, didn't, 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 didn't take a genius to figure that that was going to happen though. I don't no, want to make but, it, I don't want to make it sound like I was this great savant. That, no, but uh, but uh, what I'm going to tell you is and I've been telling you this uh since they were bounced from the uh NCAA tournament last year the first time in 18 years. I said um there there's something different going on at Denver all season long um all off season I should say. We heard basically nothing from the Pioneer camp. They were there working um, all the players told me that they were there most of the summer uh, skating together. Um, they they knew um, that it was not acceptable. And when you hear my interview with Bobby Brink, you'll hear him say, um, not making the tournament isn't acceptable at Denver. <laughs> so so they were, they well, were prepared it, and they were ready to go. If you're a perennial power, why would it be acceptable to not make the tournament? No, well, he was just reiterating the fact that because oh, yeah. it didn't make the tournament, it's not going to happen again if he's got anything to say about it. And he had something to say about it Friday and Saturday night. Friday night, an 8-3 win for Denver. Right. Uh, Saturday night, a, a much closer game, a 4-3 win. I actually thought when uh, Arizona State pulled their goaltender as prolific as they've been with a man advantage, I thought they might actually tie that game up on the road. Well, here's what I'll say. For now, anyway. Um, it's not the same thing as playing five on four. Okay, the amount of space that you have five on four compared to what you have six on five is not the same. Yeah, and and that's 100% true. Okay, and uh, ASU had their chances 
and with the empty net. They just couldn't get one to go in in that last minute and a half. And, you know, so, you know, they ended up not getting at least a tie in one of those in, in that game. And I don't know if I would have liked their chances in three on three afterwards. Because let's just say I don't think that ASU has, at least not yet, players that can match with that much ice open some of the players that Denver has. Yeah, how about all four lines that Denver has? Okay, we'll get into that in just a minute. We're not talking about lines. We're not talking about lines. uh, We're talking about three on three. I know. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and bring on our own Joe Paisley and ask him what in the world happened down at Colorado College and what he thought of this uh, official, my official opening weekend of hockey in about two minutes. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This indeed is College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy with you from uh, 8,570 feet. I just like saying that. Uh, In beautiful Blackhawk, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein. Uh, 
out on beautiful Long Island, New York. And uh, it's our pleasure to welcome in our own. And Joe, I hope you don't mind that we claim you like that. We just call you our own now. Uh, it's like we owned you or something. But Joe Paisley joining us from beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado. Joe, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Are doing all right. Uh, did, did his, his Scott's stardom and celebrity is not blinding you from that distance, is it? I'm just uh, trying well, thankfully, to find he's out. In, uh, thankfully, he's in North Denver. I'm in uh, Central Colorado Springs, so there's enough space to. Okay, uh, I just wanted to make <laughs> to, sure to, to prevent any damage, any damage to my retinas or anything like that. So I think we're doing all right. All right, I just wanted to make sure. So, Joe, I got to ask you, Joe, have you ever been here to this place called Blackhawk? Blackhawk. Was oh, that the a, casino? The casino's up there. Yeah, it, it's built right smack in the mm. middle of the mountain, and uh, yeah. our friends at at Caesars and uh, Harrah's uh, have a beautiful uh, place here. And uh, I got up here just at dusk, so I didn't really do justice to it. But wow, what oh, what a yeah. spectacular uh, place to be! But I hope it doesn't snow because if it snows, I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's interesting about Blackhawk? There's also a um, uh, Cripple Creek Mont, uh, Cripple Creek down here, which is uh, to the southwest of uh, Colorado Springs. Those are both old mining towns, and when the mines went dry, they allowed those communities to get uh, casinos to sort of keep the towns alive, basically. And that's sort of why Blackhawk exists the way it does now, and that's why Cripple Creek down here in Colorado, nearer to Colorado Springs. Wait, so that's a well. that's a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, a lot well, of the that, gold, that lot was of the, a lot of the really nice houses that are that are around Robeson Arena in the old North End of Colorado Springs are from executives from those gold companies that were mining out of Cripple Creek and Victor to the southwest. Oh, see, I just thought it was it was a a, a fictional town in a song. I didn't realize it was a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could have been a fictional fictional in that song because Cripple Creek just has the has a. It just sounds like something straight out of a Gene Autry film, pretty much. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love it. Okay. So, Joe, I'm calling this the first real weekend of college hockey uh, for mm -hmm. the 21-22 season. Uh, you were in that beautiful facility that uh, I got to see for the very first time on Thursday. Um, still took my breath away. Unbelievable what they have done to Robeson Arena. Um and and I told you, I, did I send you a, a tweet that said something like hashtag Mayot Magic? Um, you sent a lot of tweets over the weekend. Ignore so him. Really just ignore sure. him, Joe. Just don't Mayotte pay any magic. attention to yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. It yeah, almost yeah. happened, didn't it? Did it almost happen? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, score. I mean, yeah, yeah, they scored. Yeah, they, they scored in the third period and they got back in it. And really, yeah, it was a good um, – it was a very good third period for CC on Saturday night. There's no question about that. I mean, it was very, uh, I think, heartening for the fans to see them respond like they did because the week prior in the exhibition game, which, by the way, did not count, um, <laughs> the CC guys, you know, Air Force would came in there and punched <laughs> them in the mouth. You know, just, you know, said, here's, here's how you play good defensive hockey. Boom, here you are right in the jaw. And the Tigers sort of went, oh, ow, <laughs> and didn't really – didn't really answer in kind um, to Air Force, and so uh, Chris Mayotte took a lot of took a lot of really really was encouraged, I think, by what he saw in the third period on Saturday because it was a zero zero game. Dom Bassey had kept uh, the Tigers in the game; it kept a scoreless. Uh, they opened up the third period with you know most uh, uh, like a minute oh, minute fifty eight oh one minute fifty seven and a half seconds of a power play to start the third period. 
What? And um, yeah, it was yeah penalty penalty with two and a half <laughs> seconds left in the second period on St. Lawrence, and so they had almost a full two minutes um, to prepare for a power play. Unfortunately, St. Lawrence had an intermission to prepare for the penalty kill, and they basically just disrupted CC's power play to the point where it was. Uh, it looked like St. Lawrence was on the power play at one point. So, I mean, you know, it was one of those kinds of power play, one of those anemic power play, uh, anemic power play moments for the Tigers that they, the fans here know all too well, unfortunately, including uh, the previous uh, coaches uh, struggles, but um, yeah, so it looked bad. And then, um, you know, CC has five shots, Lee has five shots to zero in the period. They, they're playing with some good energy and St. Lawrence scores, um, on their first shot of the third period to go up one to zero and you can just feel the air just go out of the place, you know, poof. Right. And yeah. you're like, Oh, all right. All right. All right. Here it is. This is, this is the moment here. What's going to happen. Are, are, are the heads, are the heads going to hang or are they going to, you know, bear down and fight? And that's what they did. They bared down and they kept up the attack that they had started a third period with. In fact, they elevated, elevated their effort, got the four check going got the uh, started attacking the St. Lawrence defensemen, getting on them when they were turned and forcing them up into the boards, doing a lot of, a lot of stuff. You need, they playing hockey, they way they need to play hockey, frankly. And um, that's the kind of effort they need to have for 60 minutes. And they stay there. That's a goal. They need to get that 60 minutes and they'll need that 60 minutes against the St. Cloud States of the world, the North Dakotas of the world. Oh, I'm, I'm mentioning league opponents, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I hope you pick up on that with Denver as well. Let's mention Denver too, because they're going to be right there in a the mix. Um, they're going to have to play like that to beat those teams. Um, Don Bassey kept him in the game. Yeah, gave him gave him two really excellent. Actually, gave him a very he gave him a very solid sixty minutes. He was he was a big part of the reason they won, but he was crucial during the first forty minutes of that game, or else St. Lawrence could have, you know, got ahead two to zero and you know, perhaps, you know, collapsed and hung on and, and walked out with two wins. Instead, it ended up being a, uh, a tie for CC, which, like I said, again, is a step in the right direction. Um, not the goal, obviously, a win. They would have loved to get a win because that's just the kind of thing you need to build off of when you go into a road trip. But, yeah, no, they responded. They played hard, and then, you know, Jack Millar sends this seemingly harmless shot just towards the net, and it just flutters through because – uh a forward just happened to be blocking uh, email, you know, Zetterquist's eyes just at the right moment, and it just flutters in right past his glove, and there you go. It's one-to-one, and the place just goes <laughs> apeshit, basically. <laughs> now, basically. Yeah. Right now, uh, you know, they definitely lost a lot of goal scoring from the year before, a lot of points. Mm. Mm. So yeah. I, I don't think it's a surprise that they're struggling offensively through these first couple of games. Yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be an issue pretty much all season. They're having, they are going to have to squeeze as much as much offense as they can out of what they've got. And it's interesting; the two goals they have scored so far this year um, are both from defensemen, Chase Foley uh, on Friday night, and then uh, Jack Millar. I keep on saying Kevin Millar, Jack Millar. Yeah, you know, I understand uh, that. Yeah, yeah, Jack Millar um, uh, on Saturday, which ended up being the tying goal. So yeah, they they uh, offense goals are going to be coming at a premium pretty much all year long, but I think they've got some, they've got some guys that I think could maybe get on a little bit of a roll. I mean, I think um, I liked Hunter McCown this weekend. I like Brian Hawkinson. Uh, Danny Waite showed a lot, uh, showed some real good creativity. 
Um, it was interesting. He was the extra skater on Saturday night. They plugged Mark Pasemko in in his spot on that line with McCown and Hawkinson. And Pasemko, who's out of uh, the uh, oh, uh, out of Edmonton, he's from one of the oh yeah, he was a captain of the Alcatox uh, Oilers uh, a couple <laughs> years ago. I remember. It was the last guy they had. They had another guy from Calgary, Alberta, who was the captain of the Alcatox Oilers, uh, who was now uh, thankfully one of the smartest kids I ever met. Uh, he's a doctor now. Uh, back nice. in his native Canada. Um, didn't actually end up playing any pro hockey, just went straight to med school. And when you were talking to him, you realized, yeah, this is the right call. You are far, <laughs> too, you are far too smart to get hit in the head uh, making uh, <laughs> making money in the ECHL. So please, please go to med school. Do, do um, they make yeah, Mark, money in the ECHL? Uh, not compared to what he's probably making now uh, <laughs> as a doctor, <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> but yeah, no, so they plug in the 5'9", uh, 168-pound Mark Vesemko for the allegedly six-foot-tall... Um, Danny weight, um, more 169 pounds off. I like so, yeah, that. Yeah, I like that allegedly stuff because I sat yeah, down with him. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, going, man, I I am a lot taller than I thought. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> so yeah, but no, Pesemko, I thought did a really nice job because yeah, he was a little bit more. He brings a little more physical to the game, and he's a little more of a better, uh, more aggressive forechecker. Danny weight's a really nice, creative player, and I like what he brings to the plate to the table, but. Pesemko is more uh, more about that aggressive forecheck, and, and what I would describe as one of the least surprising um, exchanges when you look at Friday night's lines or def- Friday's defensive pairings, excuse me, and Saturdays. They uh, the only change was five seven Chad Sasaki from Friday being replaced by six foot four Hugo, Hugo Blixt on Saturday, and um, I think that was a definitely a. Uh, def- definite change made to sort of help address the physical play, uh, the physical level play that the Tigers needed to bring because uh, St. Lawrence was a, is a good, is a, I think a prototypical ECAC team, good physical, good skill throughout the lineup. No one that's really going to knock your socks off, but a really good hard team to play against. And that's why St. Lawrence won on Friday. They were just harder, the harder team to play against. And uh, that's why they prevailed on Friday night. So I think it was a good learning weekend for the Tigers and uh, I know they're excited. Uh, Coach is definitely excited about getting to go on the road for a couple of weeks and just sort of uh, getting away from all the noise about Robeson Arena and the uh, groundbreakings and the <laughs> and the extra media. You know, asking him about how how much they like the arena and all that kind of stuff. They they're going to be happy yeah, to sort of get away question. from it. Uh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did Pop. three times probably. Uh, I think it was all about the video. You actually asked her three times on the video. If I remember there you go. Don't let him get away with that garbage, Joe. Don't let him get away with that. Oh, no worries. No worries. Good. Um, but Good. yeah, no, but yeah, no, he's actually, yeah. And like most hockey coaches are like, can I just think, you know, go think about, can we just focus on hockey for a couple of weeks? That'd be nice. You know, <laughs> uh, the only thing is, let the only me, thing is, this had the, 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 he had to know this was coming these these first few weeks, you know. Oh yeah, I no, mean, you know, but yeah. Well, that's yeah. one of the reasons. I mean, it's one of the reasons he took the job is, is the robes in arena. I mean, <laughs> oh, you know, sure. come on, you know, you know, sure, you know, he's, he knows all the ingredient the ingredients are there to build a successful program, and that's why he had to jump at this job when he got offered. I mean, that was a no brainer for him. Well, and, well let yeah, me ask you this then, because uh, obviously uh, it, it, it's a little. You know, if you're at one game and you have a some, another game on a screen, it's, it's a little different. Uh, as, as I'm trying to go back and forth to about five screens on Friday night, mm-hmm. um, the numbers don't – the numbers look, make it look like um, they, they lost one to a goalie on Friday night with all the shot – with the shot mm-hmm. differential, et cetera. 
Yeah, the big th- actually the, the thing about shots and goals sometimes is that that stat can be a little deceive, deceiving, and I think Friday night's a great example of that St. Okay. Lawrence was really strong in the middle of the ice, and so they were pushing those shots were coming from the outside. They were not high quality shots. Okay. Zetterquist was good; he was solid, and the puck and he was moving well and tracking the puck really well. He was good. He ended up with um sixty nine saves on the weekend, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, and you know forty of them were Friday night, but they right. were not really dangerous shots he was he had a much more difficult time on saturday night because cc did a much better job of getting bodies to the front of the net and getting in position to do something about it whether it was a screen in the case of millar's goal or just um you know (laughs) forcing him to make you know much much more difficult saves and and having guys in his face and blocking you know being in his way instead of just having a nice easy oh puck just hit me right in the chest pad squeeze it to the body and then you know face off that kind of, those are a lot of those kinds of saves. Um, these there were more rebounds, there were more loose pucks in front. Um, a lot more dangerous uh, situation for the St. Lawrence goalie on Saturday night, and that, and that to me that was that was a step that I like seeing the Tigers take because that's that's the kind of thing they're going to need to do with the with offense being at a premium. They're going to have to get those you know well, those cliche greasy goals. They're going right. to have to get quite a few of those to. Uh, to be successful and to break through for their first win. And uh, they're at Union this coming weekend, and then they're at Boston College and Northeastern the following weekend. So it certainly doesn't get any easier <laughs> no. for the Tigers. And then, of course, you know, then they're back home for a home-and-home with Air Force, too, which might prove interesting because, yeah, I do, I do believe the Tigers did not take the – were, you know, they played, you know, five lines. They played, you know – they played eight defensemen, you know, they played two goalies. I mean, CC went at it much more like it was an actual exhibition by the way they rotated their players and got everyone playing time. And Air Force was more just, we are, we're going to win this game. <laughs> this is right. much more. And, and, and to be fair, I mean, and, and I'm not putting down Air Force. Actually, that was really good because they needed Schilling to get off to a good start. Wow. You know, he, that's, yeah. you know, they need Schilling to get off to a good start. He's going to be, you know, reason number one that you know they have the success they're going to have and so having showing be the guy on that exhibition game and put in a solid performance like that was just a good way to get him started i think joe before we jump into air force for a minute because we got to get into that as well but i want you to plug uh the great article you wrote that'll be up on the website after midnight tonight um Mm -hmm. about the uh retiring tiger that was in the building and dropped the puck the other night Oh yeah, well the uh, the feature, the guy I'm focusing on this week off the CC games was uh, the guy that they honored with the ceremonial puck drop uh, for the very first uh, regular season game at Robeson, and that was um, uh, Curtis McElhaney, who uh, retired after 13 years in the NHL. He was the backup goalie for Tampa uh, the, the past two seasons, and uh, you know Don't basically retired me. with two Stanley Cup uh, re- retired with two Stanley Cup rings. Um, you know, he's a Ontario native, uh, ended up uh, coming down here to Colorado College, uh, uh, led them to the 2005 Frozen Four. Um, uh, really, you know, one of those one of those guys from, you know, Scotty, you know, from the heyday of Scotty, uh, Scotty Owens era, basically. And Curtis is arguably the best goalie to ever come through CC, and that's saying something, considering who, who's, who's played at CC. Um, but he is arguably the best, if not one of the best, to come through, and and also just frankly, just really good guy, and uh, one of those guys that everyone there loves and really enjoyed seeing him, uh, really enjoyed seeing him succeed like that, and to uh, plug away and plug away is mostly a backup through most of his career, um, and landed with Tampa, and of course, uh, you know, got 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 a really nice ride the last couple of years as the backup and uh, behind Vasilevsky, 
So. It doesn't say backup on the jewelry. <laughs> no, it does not. He's on there. Yeah, he's on there. And uh, you know, one of the best things, and I remember this from, from you know, right, right, you know, two two uh, Stanley Cups ago, two Stanley Cup finals ago, uh, when we're you know when we're home, where I'm stuck at home basically, and I you know we're not doing anything, you know, we're all staying home, and I'm like, thank God, NHL playoffs are on TV. Thank God, thank God, and you know, yeah, it was, saved me. Um, again, I remember, and I took a picture of it, I think it's on my phone, which I can't access cause I'm using it for this. Um, but I'm, uh, I took a picture of the TV, uh, because at the very end, you know, as, as, uh, Doc Emmerich is, you know, as, as they're starting to wind down and you're starting to get down to the equipment manager hoisting the cup as they're skating around, you know, that kind of <laughs> that point yeah. of the celebration. Um, McElhaney was a little bit earlier than that, thankfully, but <laughs> he was, you know, he's wearing a uniform, <laughs> but I saw in the background, uh, he and he and his parents, um, his parents were able to attend. Uh, in fact, they were able to attend both of them. So yeah, they were one of like eight people from outside the team. His parent, the two two parents, that were able to come on the ice and celebrate winning the cup with him back when that was at that Edmonton Edmonton pod. Right. And, wow. uh, they're only one. Yeah, only two of two of the eight people that are uh, not connected directly to the team that were allowed on it. And so he got to um, how cool is that? Get picture. Yeah, I got to spend that moment with his parents, and that was just. Uh, and I know I could tell that just meant meant so much to him, you know, to be able to do that. Because when you think about it, you know, you know, these are the people that got up at four thirty in the morning and drove you to practice, and yeah. you know, all those all those things, um, and you know, and let you go off to juniors. Let you go off at fourteen, fifteen, and leave leave home and go play in junior hockey. Well, let, knowing let that you're trying it. to pursue what you want so badly, <laughs> hey, you know. At, at, let me tell everybody, it's a fantastic lead. It's on IcetimeHockeySW.com. It'll be up there after midnight when everything rolls over. The story is there. Joe, fantastic job. Uh, Paul, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, 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 since I'm quoting Pete, the same person tonight, can't say no to the person that drove you to practice, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the basis of an entire Subaru ad campaign as well, I think. So, <laughs> which actually is a good one. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good one. I'm like, oh, no, this one rings true. This one rings true. I like that. I like that ad campaign. But yeah, it definitely rings true. But yeah, I wanted to throw one stat at you guys. I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but I wanted, I had it in the article that, um, that I'm now shamelessly plugging. Don't, but, no, um, don't feel shame about it at oh, all. Okay. Just don't That's worry true. about it. Well, you know, uh, if you recall, the big news out of Friday night uh, beyond Air Force beating Michigan State, of course, was that three Atlantic hockey teams yes. beat Big Ten teams. Um, yes. And here's this little stat that Brad Schlossman from the Grand Forks Herald tweeted uh, Saturday, and I stumbled across it and had to include it. But it ended an 0-27-1 record against the Big Ten uh, for Atlantic hockey since Mercyhurst won 3-2 to on the road at Wisconsin on November 25th, 2017 which I can only assume means the Badgers had a great Thanksgiving dinner the night before <laughs> and couldn't, and couldn't move um, that game um, and lost to Mercyhurst. But yeah, that's a uh, 27 and one against the big 10 until <laughs> suddenly it's three 27 and one all of a sudden uh, after Friday night. But uh, that was apparently big... Wisconsin had that same Turkey dinner earlier this season. Well, <laughs> maybe they were celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving. Who knows? Um, certainly seemed that way. Yeah. They had a rough, um, yeah. Michigan tech. And um, that was, that was the first time. Oh, here's another stat for you. This is the first time Michigan tech swept at Wisconsin since, since 1960 Jeez. when they were all part of the WCHA together. Um, so yeah. Uh, Boy, rough weekend for the Badgers. I know this is not the Badgers. Uh, well, it's okay. Time, no, no, ice we, time. Well, it's not ice time hockey Midwest. Um, uh, Scott's working on that. 
Yeah, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> We're moving so, our way towards Lindenwood next season, Joe. Yeah, well, that's that's in the right direction. That's yeah, we'll, we'll stop. That's and, getting closer. Yeah, maybe you know, let's get a central office in uh, Sioux Falls or something and see what we can do about that. Um, a little closer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, and to think about it, yeah, that's just yeah, it's just interesting. But yeah, I, I liked. Um, I thought it was interesting. Air Force got that first win against Michigan State, but it didn't. Once it happened, I was like, well, you know, Air Force plays and Atlantic hockey teams play the good ones play a really strong defensive game. Right. And if you're playing a team like that in your very first game of the year, that's going to give you problems, you know? And right. so I think that's probably what Michigan, I'm guessing without having seen the game, because I was watching another game live in front right. of me. I, I think that's probably what happened. I think Michigan state had a hard time solving air forces defense, defensive structure. Um, then it looked to me like there was enough penalties that Air Force probably never was able to put in their defensive structure the entire game Saturday, from what I can right. tell. And so that sort of changes the storyline for Saturday and kept Air Force, I think, from getting that kind of uh, certainly kept them from getting the lead and, and we're playing from ahead, if anything else. But yeah, no, I, I think that I think that probably played a big role in those other two Atlantic hockey wins as well as you're just taking because yeah, you are playing teams that are on paper have more talent you know, um, yeah. on paper and have more, and certainly have more NHL logos on the lineup sheet, you know, <laughs> say right. for draft picks and stuff. But I think in the early in October and the first, you know, first full weekend, um, that, that can really cause problems. So I'm not stunned. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for Atlantic hockey. And I think it says a lot about the parody in college hockey to see this happen, but I'm not stunned because I do think that that teams that have that structure this early in October are pretty, pretty unusual and tough to play against and 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 by the way mercyhurst mm -hmm. not once but twice this weekend pushed minnesota too i mean mm. uh you know they they were still tied or one goal games going into the third period yeah yeah that's true yeah i was keeping track and wondering if it was going to be there was going to be a fourth one on friday night i was hoping sure. yeah yeah i've been great i've been great <laughs> you know it's good to see you know and then you got these and then you got other great games too. You got the, you know, you got Bemidji State, Minnesota, Duluth, and some really, you know, nice slobber knocker kind of games. And then, uh, yeah, you know, and then you got North Dakota doing their uh, annual uh, whooping of Niagara to start the year. But you know, hey, Niagara, Niagara gets the check. Nothing wrong with that. Niagara gets a check and gets to go back home to their beautiful, you know, beautiful facility in, in Buffalo. So you know, no problem there. But. um yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I found that interesting. Omaha, had a, I thought, had a pretty good opening uh, series against a, you know against Maine. Uh, they they swept that, but they you know they're playing a quality opponent like uh, like Maine right out of the gate too. So that was a good test for them, I think. And yeah, no, I think overall it was a pretty strong uh, weekend for the NCHC. Uh, Western Michigan took care of Ferris State. Um, these are the ones I can just think off the top of my head that I, I noticed along my uh, time tweet line. Twitter and, timeline. Yeah, <laughs> and Joe, of course, this weekend, uh, another mm -hmm. big series in Colorado Springs and Denver with uh, Denver traveling to Air Force on Friday night and then coming back. It, it's such a big game and such a big weekend that I'm staying another week in Colorado. <laughs> oh, yeah. The governor called me about that. Um, yeah? Yeah. Um, I, told, I told him. I warned you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as we all know, the Colorado governor doesn't have bigger things to worry about than Scott. But <laughs> <laughs> naturally, 
But uh, he took time out of his busy schedule to say, yeah, okay, all right. Um, but what about the week after? Are you going to leave then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I thought it was about the, you know, like naming a day or something. After uh, no. No, no, that wasn't no. it? Oh, okay. Yeah, by All the right. way, Joe, just well, it's to not throw this in. Well, the, words, the, the kind of day it'd be were words we couldn't really use even on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know. Uh, I love it. But I, love I, it. I want to throw this in too, Joe, just because we tried to we try to follow this story. Uh, Alaska at home got a split this weekend too against Clarkson. Oh, against Clarkson, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, um, I feel, you know, that's great. For, good for well, them. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it had to be really heartening for them. Just, I mean, come on, they got to be happy just to be playing, period. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Considering everything yeah, I get it. Through, you know, yeah. cow. But, yeah, to get a win against a ranked opponent like Clarkson, Clarkson came in at number 20, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, that's a big win. That's a good win for Fairbanks. Um, yeah. And uh, Clarkson managed to escape out of there with a split, which is, you know, good. Uh, that makes That's a long flight home. Holy cow, upstate New York <laughs> from Alaska. Holy listen, smoke. listen, it's a long drive from Long Island to uh, yes. where these yeah. places are. Forget about the yeah. flights. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Okay, okay so. Yeah, that's that's a rough one. But, yeah, that was a good one for them. And, and really, when it comes down to it, the only person you need to really feel sorry for is the ECAC communications guy because he ha- how late did he have to stay up? <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Holy smokes, he's working until two a.m. probably just to let go. And I know it's I was a final. <laughs> I was watching. I know oh, I was yeah. up. Oh, I was there. there you go. <laughs> okay, so so what about sixty miles up I twenty five from where you were? Um, I was mm. in Magnus Arena to see Arizona State and Denver. Um, I told Paul. I said. ASU better be careful because they could get boat raced. Uh, the first night they got boat raced. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second night uh, they played better. But mm-hmm. um, two stats that jump out at me, Joe. Um, there's only one team that's uh, allowed more goals this season than Arizona State, and that, of course, is St. Thomas. Uh, mm. so, so put that one in the back of your head. And then the second one is this power play ridiculousness that Arizona State has. It, it, I mean, that, I have never seen, and I told Paul this today, we're talking about storylines. I'm going like, holy cow. They have like 10 power play goals already in four games. 11, and, actually. 11. 11. I can, I, okay, I 11. Remember, I 11, 11. 11 out of the 13 goals recorded by the Sun Devils so far. Our power play. Power play. Yeah. I've That's ridiculous. And then yeah, and yeah. they have a five-minute major to, in the first period of Saturday night's game, and they get one. And we were talking about that, and I said it looks like, and not just the Sun Devils, but I think every team that gets a five-minute major, it seems like, oh, we got five minutes. And they spend the first three minutes trying to figure out how they're going to enter the zone, and then they (laughs) step on it for the final two. Uh, I don't get it because if it were me, I would want to score as many times as possible in those five minutes. I think most coaches would agree with you on that one, Scott, Um, (laughs) at least the ones that are on the power play at least. Um, But, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right though. It, I've seen that myself too. That's teams that get the five minute major. They, they can really uh, waste it basically when you really have an opportunity to, to take a game over. I mean, sometimes just flat out blow it open. Really? Um, yeah. I've seen that. In fact, I I've seen that, uh, with some of the visiting teams to a uh, world arena actually in the last couple of years, I've seen that happen a couple of times. I think I remember St. Cloud state scoring three goal was up. They were up two to one. It was a competitive game, and then after the five minute major, it was five to one. And then um, it was time to start writing the article. You know, so. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, so, yeah. Yeah. so one other thing about that, uh, and then Paul's got questions, I know, um, but or comments at least. Uh, but when we, uh, when I talked to David Carl afterwards, um, he, he never really wanted to talk about Magnus Krona. And I thought, I told him in the press conference, I said, I thought Magnus was good and, and kept you in the game and allowed you to get a win. But I don't think Magnus was was Magnus at all. And Paul likes to refer to him as freshman uh, Magnus versus sophomore Magnus. But um, I still think that that's a situation in Denver that if they're going to have an Achilles heel, it's going to come in goaltending because he just didn't look sharp. I watched him handle mm-hmm. bouncing pucks. I watched him handle uh, soft shots. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe he's going to be better if he starts to get more more velocity and more regular shots. Let's face it, Arizona State didn't get a lot of shots other than the power play. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I, I would keep an eye out for that all season long if he doesn't uh, step it up a little bit because Coach Carl didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and it seemed like he wasn't too, wasn't too excited about him either during the media days because he seemed like he was sort of throwing down the gauntlet a little bit for him, saying, hey, it's time to step up, you know. Um, yeah, because yeah, that's what you know. That is, yeah, that is the big question. That is the question mark for for the pioneers coming in is you know what what, what their goaltending situation is going to be. You know, with Carter Savoy, you're going to get your offense, and you know they've showed they showed plenty of offensive punch this past weekend too um, against Arizona State, and of course they manhandled Lindenwood. But you know that's that's just a good confidence builder, if anything else, for a team that really wants to feel like they're back on top. But yeah, the goaltending is 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 the big concern, and that'll be. I think probably the storyline coming into this weekend, because, you know, you got Alex Schilling who's performed well for air force so far and taken on a Magnus Krona who, you know, has not uh, played at the level that he showed as a freshman that he's capable of. So that could prove pretty interesting this weekend. If uh, Schilling can outduel um, Krona, uh, maybe especially on Friday night when uh, air force is at home and they can do better line matchups, that could, uh, that could be an opportunity for the Falcons to pull one out there, uh, especially on Friday night. But yeah, they, uh, they got, uh, you know, air force gets enough, you know, Willie, Willie Rhyme is just, seems to have a knack for, um, well, if they make, if they can get to OT, then they got, they got to feel good about their chances, right? He's got what three, three overtime game winners in the past six games they played. That kid's unbelievable. Yeah. The kid's got just, yeah. The kid's just got a knack and five game winners in his college career. He's a sophomore. Now think about it. He's got five game winners. How many wins did air force have as a freshman now sophomore? <laughs> yeah. Right. It doesn't I can, do, I can yeah. do the math exactly. on that one too. So yeah, I, I would, if, you know, if you can double team anybody in hockey <laughs> in overtime, <laughs> maybe uh, look for Willie rhyme. If you're, <laughs> if you've reached overtime against air force and just put a, put a body on him the entire time, put a body on him when he's sitting on the bench. Leave him on the bench, right? Don't let him off. Yeah, exactly. No, no, you stay here, please. Stay here. Stay here. I'm, I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit in your lap here and try to keep you from getting out there. But yeah, no, Frank. Uh, yeah, I mean, Frank. Uh, you know, he, he pointed out this really good thing in his quote. I think from Saturday night, he said, uh, "We've given up the first goal in every game this season, and you just can't chase the scoreboard in every game." And uh, yeah, that's that's really huge for Air Force if they can get a one-zero lead on Denver, then they can play that defensive structure style that could frustrate a team like the pioneers frustrate any team really, but right. definitely frustrate the pioneers. Um, and yeah, that could be interesting. That, that's the formula for air force. Good goaltending right. early lead, strong defensive structure, and then you get the lead and then you can play, play strong defensively and look for those, uh, 
transition goals. And uh, when they're clicking and when they were making the NCAA tournament, I saw a lot of those really strong defensive plays. And then boom, suddenly, suddenly you got a two on one going the opposite way because the other team's been cheating for it a little bit too much. And then that's when they, uh, that's when they were at their best. And that's when they were knocking off, you know, so-called better teams when they're in the NCAA tournament. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, uh, Jock Lemaire and the New Jersey Devils all over again when you when you're mm. playing Air Force. Mm. Yeah, you know? yeah. All right, so yeah. here's yeah. here's a little the, more colorful the, coach though. Coach a little more right. colorful. Well, who? First of all, that's that's a yeah, nobody. No, no nobody's yeah, no at that yeah. level. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Very very true. Frank is Frank is one of the gems of college hockey. He does a great job at Air Force. Uh, it's been a great place for him. He's done a wonderful job there, but he's also just really good for the game of hockey, period. I mean, one thing I mentioned in last week's article uh, talking about the history of um, Air Force hockey and, and CC, and I, wanted to, and I wanted to make the point in that article, which is up on the website, um, is, uh, you know, Air Force – took CCN. I mean, Air Force took, let CC play right. at uh, Cadet Ice Arena while the, while in between the time that the Broadmoor Ice Palace was torn down and the Broadmoor World Arena was being built. Uh, and so it, CC didn't have anywhere to play. And they're just coming off the Brad Buto era, which was, you know, losing record and, and yeah, losing record and NCA violations. I don't know how that works, but, <laughs> um, but then thankfully for them, they hired Don Lucia um, away right. from, fair, I think, Fairbanks, if I'm remembering correctly, and um, yeah. brought him down. I think it was Fairbanks is where he was, where he was at. I could be wrong. I have to look that up. Anyway, he was he was coaching somewhere else. Brought him to CC, and then they immediately turned it around. And uh, but that wouldn't matter if they couldn't put a <laughs> that wouldn't matter if they couldn't played right. And so they right. managed to play at Air Force. Um, got through some really you know. So in the mid '90s, that's when things really turned around. In fact, that started that streak of winning seasons that went from 1990. Four to twenty thirteen, uh, CC had a you know, above five hundred uh, five hundred record or above during that whole span uh, under first Don Lucia, then Scotty Owens. So right. um, that was really that. Well, that frankly has spoiled the CC fans a little bit. <laughs> and now that they've gone through the last few years, they're just uh, some of them are just are apoplectic about it. <laughs> you know, they just can't get used to it. But um, yeah, and so yeah, that's a tough for me. I mean, I think you know, CC owed you know owed Air Force a little debt of debt of gratitude there, and I think that's why it was such a natural, natural thing for that exhibition game to be played between those two teams. And I would like to see more of these Division One exhibition games. Uh, frankly, yes. uh, with, instead of uh, I mean, the Canadian schools come down and they're good, they're good teams and they're a good challenge um, for you know for NCA teams down here. But I I I'd like the, the idea same. of that. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, not quite the same. Yeah, there's some good Canadian teams, and sometimes they'll come down and they will. The Canadian team will beat them, you know. But really, I, I think it would be better to see Division One scrimmages, and it'd be even better if it was scrimmages against teams that don't normally play each other. But yeah, right. these rivalry ones are good too. But yeah, I would like to see, you know. Yeah, I like Lindenwood at Denver. That was a good one. I like that Lindenwood getting the opportunity to play at Denver. You know. Um, I like those kinds of, yeah, I like those kinds of opportunities, but it also just make good financial sense to have CC versus Air Force because you, you know, it, they were going to sell out anyway, no matter who they play because it's right. the very first game. But it really brought a nice energy to the building and uh, gave, you know, ended up giving Air Force fans something to be excited about. So uh, you know, I've heard in the background that the media relations people at Air Force and CC, the, the Air Force people are claiming that they get first dibs 
on all the snacks <laughs> because they won the exhibition game. <laughs> they get first dibs on uh, seating at, uh, you know, they get to decide where the CC folks get to sit instead of the usual visitor <laughs> spot at uh, Cadet Ice Arena Press Box. They get moved down to the, uh, I think there's a broken chair at the very end. I think they're saying Jerry Cross has to sit on the broken chair. Um, Scott knows well, about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always, but yeah, Scott gets the broke. I don't know if Scott realizes it, but he's always getting the broken chair. I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, we know one place that happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, Paul. Paul, you got time to rant about your Sun Devil, so get it out well, there so we can hear Joe's opinion. Well, all right. Well, this rant. is well. First of all, first of all, I, and um, you, you can tell me whether or not you agree with this or not, Joe. Uh, I think for Denver, it was the perfect weekend. Mm. It was uh, there was a they won both games, mm-hmm. and there was enough that. David Carl has to, 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 I don't want to use the word scream, but uh, uh, plenty of time in the film room, so to speak, uh, for corrections. Mm. Um, and so, you know, you, you win two games and, and the coach is happy because he still has stuff to yell about and doesn't have to worry about a team getting overconfident. Mm. And the other one is, 20 seconds left, you have a one-goal lead in the, in the second period, and you let Bobby Brink skate all alone into the slot and, 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 and you know, get a shot on goal that he puts in. Mm. Uh, don't you have to say uh, before that face-off, it's like, uh, we don't care who else gets the puck. We can't let him get the puck. <laughs> Did you hear the story about that? No, no. Uh, that, yeah, but, yeah, give, yeah, give me some background okay. on that. So, so here's the background on that. Uh, apparently, was getting manhandled in the face-off circle uh, a lot. And he told Carter Savoy, he said, hey, you take this draw and just push it forward to Bobby. And uh, and that's what, what happened. <laughs> he, mm. he pushed okay. it ahead, and Bobby was right there, and nobody picked him up, and he had basically an empty net. But Which is just um, nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that can't happen in that situation, I don't think, and that'll be uh, on a tape a lot, but – uh, it was interesting that they drew that up, and and Bobby and Cole Gutman are, are roommates, so uh, there's a little extra chemistry going there. But man, that line is dynamic, and uh, if you want to think the best name in college hockey, Massimo Rizzo, mm, that's <laughs> a good one. Oh, he's awesome. That that's kid can name. play. And yeah. uh, like I told Paul, I said Denver can roll four lines at you, and you can't tell who's who. You can't tell who's one, two, three, or four, and. Mm. They're freshman defensemen that are the NHL, as I call them, the NHL defensemen in, in uh, Shibuyum and uh, uh, Barons, Sean Barons, um, mm-hmm. man, oh, man. They, they keep continuing to grow. And one of the things that uh, Coach Carl said about that was it, was it was nice that they got a chance to play hockey last year um, a lot more than a lot of people. So they're they're actually ready to go more than even the the college guys that were returning, right? Yeah, good point. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I mean Denver's yeah Denver's are going to be deep, but yeah, you're right. I, I agree with uh with Paul here. I think I think that was a really good weekend for Denver because there was, you know, that's a quality. Those are two quality quality wins over a program that's respected around the nation. So that's good. People 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 took notice. Um. They, you know, they put it together. You put together what twelve goals, uh, twelve goals. That's an awfully good clip. Six a yep. game. That's excellent. Um, that's not going to, and that's the kind of offense they can put up in the non-conference part of their season too. They can really do a nice job there. I don't think that's going to happen too often in the NCHC, but 
this is the time to make hay when it comes to building your offensive confidence. And I think, uh, and obviously they're going to be working. I, I suspect they'll be working on their PK um, a good bit uh, this week um, because of uh, the success Arizona state had uh, against their PK. So that's something they're going to be, yeah, there's definitely plenty. I think, I think every coach is happy to get some real film. Um, I'll interject something on that PK too. He, he changed mm-hmm. it up and he put Cole Gutman and Bobby Brink out there um, for, for a lot of those PKs because he was just tired of watching them score. And he said, he said, you know, I, they were just prolific on the power play, no matter who I threw out there. But um, mm-hmm. he thought that it was that important that he put those two out there on the penalty kill. Yeah, well, they got to yeah they got to figure that out. Um, yeah, they're going to have to figure that out because they're going to be facing some very potent power plays, um, especially once league season gets rolling around for them too. You know, they're going to be facing some very high end guys, and and some of these NCHC teams can put out some very potent power plays. It's a real challenge uh, to have those guys to be taking that kind of talent on. So sort of like the three on three overtimes a little bit. So much so much room, and then you can have your offensively skilled guys out there. Um, playing and it can really it makes for pretty entertaining hockey um interesting thing about the cc is that one of the guys they had out there was um uh, in the first uh first few minutes of the three on three overtime against st lawrence uh, brian yoon the uh, senior defenseman was out there and he actually came closest to scoring <laughs> because he was um he just found himself by the short side and was almost able to poke was almost able to lift it up over uh Zetterquist's leg pad but uh yeah, no, it's just interesting who you see they get put out there. The guys that definitely have the offensive skill and the guys you would see that once they start having shootouts, um, those would be the kind of guys that would be first in line to get out there. So it was interesting to see who's been identified as your top offensive guys, and I thought that was interesting that Ewan was out there um, playing in that three-on-three. So that was interesting for me. Okay, okay, Paul, you well, haven't ranted a bit yet about your Sun Devils. Start ranting. Come on, we're all waiting. <sighs> Yo, know, I, can, I, I can help out. 48 I, I got hours. To, oh, well, <laughs> well listen, I, I mean. I can help you out a little bit because when I got back from Saturday's game, I got to watch uh, Arizona football. Right. Um, I know different team, obviously the Wildcats, but what can someone explain to me what, bear da- what the bear down thing is um, and why it's in the field? Um, I, apparently that is a uh, coach quote from about 100 years ago. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, and I'm, okay. Uh, it's it's it's. I I'm sure that I'm going to take all kinds of crap from my fellow <laughs> alumni for even knowing that story. But, um, you know, uh, as far as ASU is concerned, hmm. you were six for thirteen over the weekend on the on the power play, and hmm. and you killed off twelve of fourteen penalties. When you have that kind of plus in the special teams, mm. and, and how often are you going to lose two games? True. I yeah, mean, I mean, holy yeah, smokes. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, I would love, I'd be curious to see what it was like five on five because why, why was, why did Denver dominate them so much in the five on, on five on five and even strength? That's what I'm it's, curious it's about. It's depth. It's depth, mm-hmm. it's speed, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's okay. raw talent. It's all three of those. Well, um, it's, it's definitely, uh, I would say at this point, they're definitely depth because uh, you and saw ASU make a bunch. You saw ASU make a bunch of changes on Saturday night. Changes I thought were the right ones. Um, we can sit here and, and discuss. Well, they probably were. I mean, it went from eight to three to four to three. Yeah, and we can. Like I said, we can sit yeah, here and yeah. discuss the use of the lineup. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't have that much time. No, we don't have that much time. I know, which I may or may not agree with. But, uh, you know, I'm not the coach. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's just okay, say. Let, um, can I interject one thing in here yeah. before? And then you can finish your round if we run long, um, which we're going to. But uh, I was so thrilled guys to be back in a college arena where there was college atmosphere. And by that, I mean, and I'm sure it was a lot of different places. It was that way. I was just happened to be at one, but I so enjoyed the Denver student section and the way they voiced everything. I even put some stuff out on Twitter when they're singing, uh, they're singing the sing along and, and they're uh, when they, when they pulled Cole Brady on Friday night and they were chanting, we want Brady. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. cracking up and I'm going like, this is college hockey at its finest. The only thing they were missing was a pep band. If they had that, Oh, good Lord. It would have mm-hmm. been like the glory days. Yeah. 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 CC. I mean, this is the first time, I mean, robes and arenas. This is the first time I've seen an actual student section for CC games that didn't involve Denver. You know, uh, these were, these were, they actually had a student section and it only took them an hour to sell, you know, to give out those tickets. The kids don't pay, which is good concerning the tuition you pay to go to Colorado college. <laughs> you damn well should get free tickets, <laughs> you know? maybe a sandwich while you're at it. Um, but <laughs> holy smokes. But, um, anyway, long and short, you know, it only takes them, you know, it takes them about an hour to, to get those 350 seats out to the students, you know? So, um, and they really brought some energy. I think there were some frat uh, fraternity members there. One guy had a uh, Tigger uh, pajama group. Nice. Uh, grown, nice. Grown, at least ma- a grown-up male size uh, Tigger pajamas that he was wearing with the uh, with the with the little ears and everything else. And great. Um, that was uh, both it was it was both disconcerting and wonderful at the same time uh, <laughs> to see. Um, but <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things, and you're just like, yeah, but yeah. You know and beer I'm, concessions were and beer concessions were doing well. Um, yeah, I'm shocked at that. And, and you know yeah, what I'm talking know, about, stunning. though, right, Joe? You've been in enough arenas. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, well, no, it's just great to see. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when, I mean, Lost and Lunatics at Western. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, Lost yeah, and Lunatics when, at Western. Holy smokes! Yeah. Right, or or Michigan Tech when those mm-hmm. people travel. Oh. <laughs> I mean that that's something else too. And I remember back, you know, in in the eighties uh, when when I was in college, and that was that was the thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was something that turned it on. And ev- almost every player from Denver that that was uh, on the uh, uh, on the Zoom calls all weekend said the same thing was like, yeah, we were, you know, I, I thought Carter Savoy's comment was the best. He goes, Hey, I'm a sophomore. I haven't seen this crowd until this weekend. <laughs> I had no idea what this was like. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Millar said, said the same thing in the post game on Saturday. He was like, yeah, I'm just happy to have, I mean, I'm just happy to be doing it in front of fans period, you know? Um, and they're going to be, and they're going to be happy to be playing in front of fans on the road, you know, this coming yeah. weekend. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, we're just happy to have fans, whether we're, making them cheer or making them quiet either way we got fans to play in front yeah of, you know? oh there's so, no question yeah, yeah that's that's been a big energy yeah i think the the energy boost because you know you watch the uh you watch the yeah you watch the games out of omaha you know and it just felt like you're watching uh it really reminded me of those uh, world <laughs> championships you know yeah. when you got those world championships you're watching like at uh 9 a.m. on the NHL network and uh, the only person that no watches that Joe is, is Paul because he just he watches yeah. anything well, yeah. that he can turn on. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm not going to argue. I've not, I listen. I, 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 they did what they had to do. Oh yeah, yeah, I, the, wonderful the, job. Yeah. I, I, I was all into the pod and I watched everything mm. and 
Mm, you know, yeah. I, I was working at the same time. <clears throat> and, sure. uh, of course. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, was, it was great. I, I, I've been a vocal opponent, a proponent of we have games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and, <laughs> And let's go. I'm, I love it. Let's go. Tuesday night. Tuesday night college hockey. Uh, okay, hey, you can do that. So, you can do that back east. I mean, you know, you got some pretty yep. close. You know, it's yeah, some pretty close trips. Yep. Um, okay, so before we wrap things up tonight, let's uh, let's go around the horn here and and break down what's going to happen this coming week. Uh, Joe, let's start with you with uh, with Colorado College going out east. How do they fare this first weekend? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I think it's going to be, it's, I think, I, you know, I think that just the fact that they're going to be able to focus on hockey and put all the noise of everything behind them a little bit, is going to help them out quite a bit. Um, there's going to be a little bit of noise because they're going to hear a course about their coach having played there at union and everything else. But fortunately for him, he's the one handling that, not them. So I think, uh, I, I, I think there's a possibility of a split, a road split there. Like, that would be a really good, I think that'd be a great weekend for them uh, where they're at at this point as a program. Uh, this is very much going to be a season-long kind of process here, and I would, uh, if there, I'm going to, I would love to. Uh, one one thing I'd love to do is look at the uh, film or whatever we call it now of uh, the first game uh, against St. Lawrence and compare it to what I see in uh, late February and March and see where they've made progress. Yeah, I'd be really stuff. curious to see if there's going to be a lot of growth, and I think there is because you've got a lot of sophomores who really are halfway through their freshman year when it comes to the amount of games they played, you know, when it comes to college game experience, um, you know, cause they just, just fewer games played last year, unfortunately. So um, I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for growth, I think on the CC team, I think, uh, okay, yeah, I so, think they could get a They could end up with a split this weekend with union. And then of course you got air force Denver coming up. Well, mm-hmm. okay. Twice this weekend, not, really dominating them but they won twice so how does asu fare with uh, new hampshire at home well first of all obviously you're playing at home and and teams no matter what they 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 have or they are you know you're you're playing in you're playing in that building uh where you're just not used to it and it probably takes you a period period and a half to get used to uh, with with Oceanside and this the low roof, etc., and that always gives ASU an advantage. Um, you know, uh, you know, so that I don't know how angry, so to speak, ASU is going to come into these games. Uh, they're playing a team that uh, last year struggled to keep the puck out of the net. Okay. So that also might work to ASU's advantage as well, uh, especially coming off this weekend. And uh, forget about what I think has to happen. I know that they need to have, and they they need to win these two games. They can't start the season yeah. two and four or one and five. They've really got to uh, put the pedal to the metal and, and get a couple of wins this weekend uh, or next weekend at at home against New Hampshire. So. Um. Uh, forget about what I think is gonna what I think is gonna happen. I know what needs to happen. Okay. Well, if Arizona, if Arizona State can't get motivated to try to beat a team named with the name of Wildcats, well, yeah, well, we don't, see, we're not even we can get into that. But <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, I mean, there, there's there's your there's your there's your second period inter there's your second intermission speech right there in, in oh. one sentence. 
go beat uh, the Wildcats, and it's will be like, oh yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, <laughs> forget, forget the geography. We don't care. We yeah. don't want. We don't like any of those teams. I don't only pay make attention it. to the whiteboard. Don't no. don't worry about whiteboard. Don't worry about just write down beat the Wildcats on the whiteboard and walk out, and then you know, Power's <laughs> job is done. I think. Yeah, I mean, the, if you can't, the, if they, if the kids can't get up for that, then God help them. The only uh, exception I, I make to that rule is Northern Michigan, because a friend of mine played there. Mm. In the in the in the in, in the early nineties, <laughs> so that's the only exception I make about not hating all things Wildcats. So okay, okay. fair enough, fair but, enough. But <laughs> but Paul is still looking for a Hyundai Tucson vehicle. He'd like to have one of those. Not ever in a million years. <laughs> okay, will I drive uh, something uh, with that? We're running name. really, we're running really close. So let me uh, let me get this last one out there. Denver at Air Force, uh, Air Force. Agnes said, uh, I think both game, I think there's a possibility of a split, um, but I just don't think that David Carl is going to let Denver uh, <laughs> relax at all this week. I'm going to sneak into a practice again, and hopefully uh, Ron will let me in the, the, the uh, loading dock doors because it was fascinating, Joe. Uh, I told Paul this. Um, practices so far. I haven't seen Frank's. But Arizona State is completely one direction. Um, Chris Mayotte was instructing the entire hour and a half or two hours mm-hmm. I watched him. It was like sure. instruction, instruction, instruction. You be here. You should have been there. You should have been over here. Uh, Hugo, you need to go over here. <laughs> here at all. <laughs> was um, just skating the crap out of his And I looked down there and I go like, and it was going like, if it wasn't crisp enough, <laughs> that expectation is, <laughs> is way higher than a lot of places because those guys moved the puck pretty doggone well, and he was still not happy with it. And uh, he was on his goaltenders, and I got a feeling this week is going to be the exact same. It may be that way until March. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, just just from the energy that he put off at the at the media day, you could tell he was just dialed in and is going to stay dialed in all year. And so, yeah, I think that's why Denver is so dangerous. And I think Brad Slossman at the Grand Forks Herald pick is consistently voting Denver as the number one. That's that's where that number one, that first place, smart man. That Slossman is smarter than he gets credit for. <laughs> I think he, yeah, 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 he's smarter than he looks, which he ain't saying a hell of a lot, but still, you know. Um, <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's a good thing. And then, um, but yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be, they're going to be extremely motivated. And so, yeah, it's going to be a tough weekend for Air Force. I mean, Air Force is not going to sneak up on them. You know, no, I no, mean, Denver no. takes this seriously and they know Air Force is going to come in there trying to play, you know, they're, you know, p- playing for the stand, you know, to Air Force, it's, you know, game seven, of the Stanley Cup beating Denver. That would be huge. And yeah, of course, and, Frank and used to work at, and Frank used to work at Denver, remember? Um, <laughs> yeah. So Frank, uh, Frank has a little extra in his belly going into this week as well, and, you know. And that um, Friday night game at Air Force uh, mm. is their best chance to get the, the weekend win because um, they're, they're going to come off of knowing they can beat Michigan State. They're going to know that um, they're playing at home in the remodeled building. I'm just excited to get into that remodeled press box. I don't care about anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd be curious to see what they do there as well. Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see where, Matt, after all is said and done, if we do rankings of the uh, Division I ranks around here now and see where uh, 
see where uh, Air Force fits in. If Air Force is now a better facility than Magnus, if Magnus hasn't kept up, I'd be curious to see how that plays out. But uh, the world ropes tour definitely continues. has. What's that? Hmm? I said the world tour continues for Scott. Oh yeah, yeah. He's hitting. Up, he's hitting nothing but the hot spots, you know. Hitting nothing, nothing, nothing but the hot spots so far. But yeah, no. Joe, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, you're right. I think Air Force has an opportunity to win on Friday night. But uh, if uh, they do, that's that's the time because yeah. they're not going to yeah. win at Magnus. Uh, I'm sorry. Not, no. That, that no. That's just uh, that's going to be a hard place to win all season. But mm, Joe, thanks yeah. for joining us. Appreciate sure. it. Great article. Uh, get to the website icetimehockeysw.com and and see that feature because. Uh, uh, very well done. I like the way you wrapped the, the game around it as well and, and got a little bit of everything in there. So uh, that that's a must read. You got to get there, folks. Um, Joe, see you uh, this week some par- somewhere sometime? Yeah, for sure. See you around. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paul, any closing yeah. words before we uh, tell you to take it away? Uh, no, I just like we are now into we are now going to head into the teeth and and it's going to be you know that the ride has started and we didn't even have time to get into st cloud minnesota state you know a one versus Mm. two battle so um and they split so um it is it is gonna hopefully it stays to be that kind of season it's gonna be the early 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 season schedule is gonna be great yeah the early season schedule is gonna be great you're seeing minnesota you know, you got Michigan and Minnesota anyway, but you got Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth playing each other coming up. You've got, yeah, you've got a lot of really marquee matchups coming up in the non-conference. Uh, yeah, just been a really great, um, just a great, great um, way things came together for these for these non-conference schedules to have these high-powered teams playing each other. Um, really makes it so much easier for the people to vote in the poll so you got some nice head-to-head com- <laughs> nice head-to-head results to help you help you to figure out who you put at number two and who you put at number three because that's the kind of right. programs right. we're talking about you know yep all right my friend take it away thanks joe all yeah, right from the su- from the summer skate studios behind the masks college hockey southwest live on the ice time hockey sw.com network is brought to you by burrito express homemade taste takeout speed Six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. The best in barbecue Las Vegas style and now available at our new spot at all Allegiant Stadium events. By the NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Boost Mobile. Bring your current phone to any location and learn how to get a new SIM card free when you switch to Boost Mobile. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey. Fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IcetimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We'll say uh, a big thank you again to our own Joe Paisley. I, I hope he's okay with that. He never did answer, but we, we call him our own, so... Um, we made them our own. How about that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, Paul Hornstein on a beautiful Long Island, New York. Um, 
man, it, it's just going to keep getting better and better. And I think you hit it on the head. It's a must win for Arizona State this weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, also big games, like I said, Denver and Air Force. And, of course, the test for uh, Chris Mayotte going back to his alma mater to uh, play a weekend series at Union. So yeah. we'll and keep on. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, rivalry games are always tough, uh, especially for the road team. Um, CC is going to go up and play a Union team that got actually spanked twice this weekend by New Hampshire. So yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it, it just keeping it in our little circle here. It's going to be a very very tough weekend. Yep, absolutely. Well, our thanks again to Joe Paisley for joining us, and um, I'll, I'll tell you that tomorrow night is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. It's a big night because uh, the NHL is just one day away from their opening night with. Uh, in the West here anyway, Seattle at Vegas. And, of course, uh, things wrap up tomorrow night with a couple of exhibition games in the AHL, and then things get real for the AHL guys on the 15th. So get to the website, icetimehockeysw.com, listen to ITHSW podcasts, and keep up to date with what's going on in college and professional hockey in the Southwest. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. De Niro, goodnight, everybody.